Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today is the first day of our Alchemy of Reiki series. I am so excited to share with you. If you don't know what this is about, just go back to the previous episode. I give a really quick snippet about this series that I will be conducting. So before we begin and get into the first conversation, I just want to say thank you, a deep bow of gratitude to each energetic alchemist that agreed to come and share their stories with us in hopes that these stories will inspire and um, maybe even give you some ideas about your own personal work in exploration. So to kick off the series, we have a beautiful, beautiful soul named Melinda. And Melinda and I have an in-depth conversation about her practice. But what's very interesting is you will hear how what we may categorize as spiritual practices or even some of the things that we learned through the expressions of Reiki were really woven through her story, through her life. So I would love to hear what you think about that and how it mirrors to you the way that this work has been really impressed upon your life experience as well. So I want to tell you a little bit about Melinda. She loves to connect students to the power and radiance of their own artistic and physical potential, both in the ground and in the air. She teaches aerial acrobat, and she also teaches belly dance. And when you're done listening to this episode, I highly recommend clicking on the links to get in connection with her, but also to view her work because it's phenomenal. So she loves conjuring magic and creating supportive community through dance and circus arts. She's taught and performed at beautiful venues around the world, including in Singapore, Paris, Greece, the Berkshires, and St. Louis, just to name a few. And she grew up performing as a child in Greece and in the United States as a professional belly dancer and circus artist. And again, her story is so very interesting, and I hope that you enjoy all that she shares. She is the co-founder and director of Moody Street Circus, her family-run studio, and she holds a PhD in medieval French literature from the University of Pennsylvania. Now, what you will find, again, is that there are so many juicy nuggets woven throughout Melinda's story and what she shares that will support you in your path, maybe even your understanding of how you are working with energy intentionality. I mean, she um, said a few things that really hit home just to give you a preview. At one point she asked herself in her life, is worry just me? Is worry just who I am? And I thought that was so powerful. And of course it made me think of the Gokai and Reiki just for today, be free from worry. Um, she also shares with us how she came to a place of understanding that she could benefit from co-creating, um, especially as it came to her spiritual practices. And she also is going to share with you some of the rituals and practices that she infuses into her daily life and how these little tricks may support you as well. So that is all for now. Be sure to, after the episode, click on the links down in the show description to connect with Melinda. Melinda, I thank you so much for sharing these beautiful insights with us. And I will see you all on the other side. OK, 
Hey everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. We are here today with the beautiful energetic alchemist, Melinda. Melinda, first, and I know you know this, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This is a dream. Yeah, no, for me, I feel so honored to be able to have these conversations, the series that you are opening up for all of us, because a lot of people who listen, practitioners who listen, will get to have a very clear picture of how this work works in very practical ways, but also here behind the curtain, like who are the healers, right? Who are we beyond that title and that expression? So I just want to start out first. I do want to mention that you are a phenomenal teacher and you do have a Moody Street Circus. You teach belly dance and aerial acrobats. Is that what we call it? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do so many amazing things that have inspired me um, in terms of body connection. But I want to start out by asking you about your path with energy work and meditation. Mm-hmm. How did that start for you? Well, let's go back to, I guess, being a child um, and traveling on airplanes alone. When I was very young, I went back and forth between my parents uh, who were amicably separated from when I was very little. And I would be on an, on the airplane going from like California to Greece and making, you know, the navigating that alone as a child. And when I was up in the air on the airplane, I would have this feeling come over me of coming into myself and having a conversation with myself about that I would be okay and that I would meet myself back here on this on a plane I would be meeting myself back here in six months because I would go six months six months back and forth and back and forth and I, I do not know how this came to me but I would be on the plane after having parted from one parent anticipating going to the next going between two very different places. And I would have been crying or, you know, it's very, it's tumultuous to do, to do that kind of journey as a child. And at some point, the tears would just, I would just allow them. And then this feeling would come when I was, when I would be sitting there and it would almost like a conversation with my higher self or something as I look back, but then I don't know, I do not know what it was, but I would be reassured in this kind of bigger picture way that I would be okay. And that I'll, you know, let's make a date. I'll see you here again. You know, in a way, I think that was a little bit of a micro meditation that would that spontaneously arose that was nourishing to me and So while I didn't practice a formal meditation, you know, those kinds of feelings and conversations with myself would arise to assist me, you know, in, in, in those times in difficulty and in transition. 
And then moving ahead, I've been always attracted to certain places that generated feelings of peace in me. And just the walks around the Acropolis where my mom lives or anywhere really walk, walking, walking, walking and feeling this peace within myself. And then just feeling some places were not as peaceful and gravitating towards the ones that were. So I had a, a sort of a sense without again, naming anything. I didn't, I just gravitated toward that. And I remember uh, my dad once took me to a Quaker meeting. He was, he was attending them for a while and I was in college. And I just remember it was a beautiful, we were, I was, I was raised as a hippie child of free to be you and me. So it wasn't, I wasn't organized in organized religion in any way, but this Quaker meeting was just people gathering and sitting and there was a fire, you know, and then bringing peace into themselves. And then anybody could speak about anything that arose in them in this meeting. And I just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I, I didn't love it so much that I kept going all the time, but I was like, this is, you know, I, this is, this is fantastic. And those kinds of experiences just built over time and I could start to recognize and, and really choose to go into places like that. And, and then finally, little by little over time, started my own real, uh, dedicated practice uh, after when I'm probably after I had a child actually and was on another and kind of chose the path very consciously. Yes. I actually wanted to ask you about that very specifically, but it's interesting just listening to this part of your life. And um, I heard you on another podcast before. So I heard a little bit of your background and with your um, coming into relationship with yourself at such an early age, having those conversations, internalizing. Um, but it seems like you had to adapt even like this mechanism to learn how to adapt to so many different environments. Because what I heard you share before is in all of this, you also changed schools a lot, you moved a lot. So it wasn't just going back and forth between California and Greece. There was a lot of movement even within all of that. So yeah, it's really interesting to um, consider your level of observation and self-awareness, even when you talk about looking for those spaces of peace. So with that in mind, um, what was that like for you? Like really having to learn how to be adaptive to different spaces mm -hmm. and trying to find your peace within every space you went into? Yeah. It was a challenge, but it was something that I, it was like a practice in itself. It right. was something I knew how to navigate just by doing it so many times. I did go attend 16 different elementary and junior high schools from, you know, growing up and in all different places because my parents were artists and they moved around. And so I was, you know, also moved around and, and 
the good thing about school in, <laughs> is that it has kind of a similar kind of structure everywhere you go, you know, the school, <laughs> there, there's the building, <laughs> there's the teachers, there's the kids, <laughs> you have books, you have notebooks. So, you know, there's something that was familiar in a way that actually was stabilizing in that way, because I would like, okay, I know, you know, how this is probably going to work. Um, I also knew that every teacher wasn't going to be as wonderful and accommodating to my strange upbringing or not strange, but kind of unconventional upbringing. Um, and I just, I think I was really tuned into my whatever environment I was entering, I or, or whatever change I was, I would I would just sort of visualize how it was going to go, probably, and uh, create strategies for myself. Of you know, I would have always have my notebooks, always sort of get the lay of the land and see what the other kids were, you know, how what they were wearing and doing and how they were being and how this teacher I think I actually I I learned how to sense the whole environment so that as a protection for myself and so I really had to be tuned into kind of everybody all the time about and and sort of um ex yeah, that's really interesting. I just was having some insights about about <laughs> why I'm really great at like um, tracking other people's energy <laughs> and 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 um, but it was a strategy so that I could, you know, I could I, I, I always knew I could create good relationships wherever I went. I always had faith in my own ability to 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 sort of see what what the other people's priorities were and what was supposed to happen and what what would be helpful what would be helpful you know and and how could i bring you know myself into relationship with others in a peaceful and productive way and there was just something that was innate in me and to do that so i did do that i do as i look back see that i probably you know i was having my own little sufferings of course i would for example go to greece and you know the first day of the new school and my mom has like painted a butterfly on a, my book bag and and we've got my clothes ready you know and there's always that and i would say mom you can't wear that you know boa don't wear your nightclub outfits you know be normal like can you please wear beige you know like be quiet <laughs> like if she was going to go with me and i remember you know i would just the first day of school in greece i would i i just was so nervous and i just threw up all over my book bag you know in the in the morning and then i just kept throwing up and and just nerves nerves and stomach but i you know i i wanted to i knew that i could push through it like i would never it wasn't even an option and didn't even cross my mind to give up to yeah. say, oh, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, and partly my mom is very helpful with that. And my whole family, the family ethos is kind of, well, you know, we can do this. You know, we're going to we're going to do this. 
It's and not like punishing you're going to do this, never. But like, this is the way it is, you know, we're going to do this, we can do it. And these are beautiful, you know, there's beautiful people everywhere. And we're going to find the ones who are going to be helpful and love us, you know, and we're going to well, love them. We have to make sure to give a little context. It's interesting thinking oh. about you um, wanting to, you know, not even wanting to, I would say, but just naturally being so observant and having uh, heightened awareness about your environments and how you could adapt into these environments again to facilitate this experience of peacefulness for yourself. And then you give us paint this picture of your mother who sounds like she's not trying to adapt to anyone's anything. She just shows up just like, here I am, right? So could you give us a little <laughs> background about what type of work your mom was doing and then also how that played a role in your life and what you learned through that experience. Mm -hmm. All right, well, my mom is a force, yes, of nature. She's <laughs> a very, very, very powerful energy. <laughs> she is a belly dancer. She, who moved to Greece from America, never having left the country before when she was 33. And unmarried un, 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 unmarried I mean uh, she she could have been married she was married many times <laughs> but she had uh two young daughters at the time me and my sister half sister Piper um who's seven years older than I and you know so she she her story is long and in, incredible but she got the inspiration to travel to Greece. She got the funding to do it in the 70s. She, she on the way visited through Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Turkey. She ended in Greece and absolutely just fell in love with the country and the energy of the, of the, Acropolis and the the buoyancy of the people she had she had already come to know Greeks in America at the tavernas where she belly danced in in San Francisco California and she had already kind of gotten used to the culture through the dancing the Greek folk dances which she learned when I was a child and she taught me already had a Greek folk dance before I ever went to Greece and um so she made a life for herself in Greece, just like that. She's like, I, I'm gonna stay here. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stay here. And um, I have letters that I collected from that she, I, that she wrote my sister who was 14 at the time and she left me and her, um, my dad actually and his girlfriend at the time came to take care of us for a bit. The family story is I won't even go into our family tree. It's so complicated, but everybody's helping each other. Okay, do what they want to do, basically. Um, and so my mom was she just figured out how to stay in Greece, how to find work in the tourist tavernas of Plaka, how to, you know, she she just sheer will and um, determination and she made it happen for herself and for us and she brought us over as soon as she could 
but she was meanwhile writing my 14 year old sister you know okay piper here's what here's what you have to do you know please contact so and so in las vegas to set up a seminar for me you know in in <laughs> you know next year and play. so my my sister actually was you know um doing a lot to keep things stable back here as my mom went off to do her thing but one of the things that my mom has always prided herself on as a mother is uh, as she puts it and one might say this is potentially manipulative but also it's also wonderful is that you know she would say I, you know, she wanted us to feel empowered in our own, you know, that that we could do all of these things. We could do it. She believed in us. And yes, you know, it was it, it was for the benefit of of our little family unit. Yes. And, um, you know, she would say, you know, even about chores, I, I, I if I protested that she wanted me to wash the floors or vacuum or something, she goes, but Melinda. I'm not making you do this. I'm I'm letting you do this. This is this is a wonderful thing, you know, <laughs> that you're doing. And I would be like, it's all perspective. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all. She's a queen of 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 that. So yeah, I don't know if that explains, but like she just yeah. But how did still, that merge yeah. in with you and dance? Like, how did you become a so dancer then, I I was already from when I was a little child, baby, she was already dancing and, and in, in Tavernas in San Francisco and, and on television, KQED and with this uh, Jamila Salimpour's troupe and doing Renaissance fairs. And I would be brought along. I literally was brought along to everything that she did. Um, when I first came home from the hospital, there was no crib. I mean, when I'm talking about when I was born, <laughs> there was no crib. There was my mom's makeup drawer with all of her, you know, belly dance stuff in it. And they, she just made a little crib for me in the makeup drawer and, and just left it pulled out. She didn't close me in, but you know, that was my crib. And I was just brought along into the performing life that she was already doing. Just like a nomad might strap their little baby to their chest and walk. I mean, that's just what happened. There was no separation of like, you know, I, I'm doing this and you're doing that. She was doing that. And so I was doing that. <laughs> and right. so when I first performed, I was two years old and I, I had I was at this I was at the nightclub because there was no babysitter. I was we'd be in the dressing room where I learned to count on her tips and she pinned a little costume to my diapers one night and I went out on stage and all this is a family friendly kind of cultural experience where where I was don't I don't want anybody to think this was like exploitative and right. weird this was a family friendly there were kids with their families also there and I just mimicked what I had already always seen her do with the band and like people went crazy you know money was thrown all over you know <laughs> I, it was a celebration so I was too and that was my big debut. Um, and then when I was seven in Greece and my mom had moved to Greece, uh, again, it was a question of, well, would you like to stay at home and uh, alone at night while I go to do this gig? Or maybe you want to come on stage with me tonight and like balance this tray of candles and just, you know, 
you know, be with me and then say hi to the singers and have fun and, you know, be there. And I would be like, duh, <laughs> like I, I'm going to, I don't want to stay home alone. <laughs> Let me go do this thing and be part of the, her adventure. Um, but it wasn't just her adventure. It was my adventure and I loved it. You know, I, but I did have a, it was quite, it was a learning experience and it was something I had to get used to my mom's ideas. And then she would always say, why not just try, just try. You don't have to be perfect. Just try, just see what this is like. And then if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. And I would be like, okay, I'll try. Okay, I'll try. And so I tried many, many things. And so one of the things that I tried, I remember is, yes, I, I put the part of the belly dance um, show that she did was balancing a sword on her head and I balanced a tray of candles on my head. And, um, and so in the context of her show for 600 tourists from around the world, I would come out with my little tray and I would present it and I would put it on my head and I would dance. And at the end of that show, people would leap to the stage and Russians would bring me Russian nesting dolls and put it on my tray and people would bring me gifts from, uh, again, this was in the seventies before iPhones and anything, people were fully present and <laughs> traveled with little tokens of their country. And, and they were all hoping to sort of look at each other and see each other and see a new culture. And they were, they weren't afraid and they, they were there to exchange in this way. And I got to be this, I got to be a little goddess, you know, getting, getting these offerings and, and just, it was quite an experience as a kid. Um, and, and then just to top off this vision for you, where I would dance every night, one of the places was a rooftop taverna. And just above in the distance was the Parthenon, the, the wow. Temple of Athena would be literally lit up because they would do a sound and light show. So it would be like purple and then there'd be the moon and the stars and I'd be on the stage with my mom balancing the tray of candles. And they were magic, magic times. And yeah, so that's how that happened. And then, and then my skill set kind of developed naturally. But again, my mom, it wasn't like dance moms where it's like, you gonna perfect, you know, my mom is always like, you just be how you are. It's perfect. Just come yeah. on be and, and in fact, the less perfect you are, the more you're going to be relatable to everybody else. In fact, nobody wants to see a polished child, you know, well, do do the some kind of perfect thing that's not really right. natural to them be yourself and just and just that's enough and that's that is enough. such a beautiful thing melinda to think again like going back to you know i guess these different layers of what um you were exposed to and i guess what would have really fed into your character because there's that part again that learned to be very observant how to maintain peace, which, you know, at a very young age, I mean, that's a, a, I think a powerful thing to even come into consideration with like how that would even carry with us throughout life. But then on the other hand, you have this mom with this bold energy that's like, just be you, like adapt to what? Like, just be you. So it's a beautiful contrast. And I have to ask, um, 
with this, and I mean, obviously you have developed your dance beautifully and we'll share links in the show description because you have got to check out Melinda's work. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. But what did you learn through dance? How did dance, or has it become, I shouldn't assume, but has it become part of your spiritual practice? And what did you learn about you or what are you still learning about you through the process of dance? Hmm. Yeah, I realize now that it is my spiritual practice and always has been, but more consciously now um, in, in a lot of ways, like the way I've always felt drawn to dance is just, is a natural expression of, of myself. I, I've always, as I told you just now, my mom was like, just, just be yourself. And she wasn't like, wait, no, no, let's adjust your elbow position. You know, <laughs> like none of that It's the feeling from inside, hearing the music, translating it through the body, um, in a way that feels good. And that keeps in, there's a consideration for the all of who is around you, of, of the larger context. So there's a feeling of, I mean, I think this is true for any performing artist, maybe also just this sort of sense of you are, um, it's a ceremony, it's a, it's a, um, and there's a certain vibration of in performance where you are just so conscious and aware of being kind of a magician um, mm -hmm. that, and and you have to fully be in it. You have to fully be in it and not worried um, about anything. And it's, it's as we we're talking, I realize uh, that my very first uh, thing that I, that brought me into my mom's dance as, was this tray of candle balance that I did and that I still do. And, and the way that she taught me and that I even do for myself now is that there is a ritual about it. You don't just go put something on your head and just start to go fast, you know, it's, and it's the same for any time that you're going to step into the kind of as say sacred field of movement of presenting the dance or yes, before I put that tray on my head and do the thing, there's almost a consecration of, of the experience and an acknowledgement of what is happening now. So there is a lot of ritual feeling in the whole thing. So here is the candle there is there is there there are lit candles on the tray there is the tray you sit or stand and you center you breathe this allows everyone else who might be watching and witnessing to to be in that with you the stillness you're you're guiding that presence then there is acknowledgement for the prop or the, you know, whatever the, the thing that you're doing. And I, you know, the tray lifts and I lift the tray and I, you know, do a, here it is, you know, taking the time to set up the beauty and the magic of the experience. This is true for whether there's a tray or not a tray. So, you know, and then lifting it 
and then bringing it down and just one just every single moment is just slow and um kind of sacred for lack of a better word and and i've always felt that about dance and always seen how it has the dancer has the power in certain contexts to create an energy field for the whole for the whole audience to you know you're taking everybody on a journey and your 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 energy like the same in the circus which is another story we didn't talk about yet but you're you know circus ring and there's 1600 people and you're sort of any circus performer is aware of you know the whole ring of people everybody is there and everybody is with you and it's one of the wonderful things about learning how to be comfortable with performing in front of people is that you are not just you but you are greater than yourself and you are also generating energy for everybody to to feel what you're feeling or experience something within themselves so i've went on several tangents but yeah i would say i would say that i have so many questions now okay so because of even what you just shared melinda it reminds me a lot of what we talk about all the time in the alchemy circle, right? Being in your authority, the importance of managing your own energy, and then that co-resonance that we have. Um, also, the, the potential of adapting to others rather than managing and you being like, a, um, like the more mm, prominent energy, right? Because a lot of people who are empathic, they have that that challenge of adapting to everyone else's energy instead of having the ability to maintain their own. Oh, I think you may have froze a little bit. Oh, there you are. So how empaths may adapt to other energy and then have a hard time maintaining their own. But it sounds like through your performance, you were very much practicing that, very much in your awareness of your authority, how your energy would um, be very impactful to those that you are one with. There's so many layers of what we practice in, you know, Reiki energy healing that is coming through and what you're sharing is basically the point. So I have to ask you this, did you ever have times where you really had to practice that sturdiness in your awareness, almost kind of tuning out what was going on around you if you had people in the audience that were disruptive or anything like that yes um i mean my practice in on stages was so strong Mm. and had been so like i i guess i could just i just always felt powerful I always felt like I could, in that setting, <laughs> bring everybody back to to the high, you know, or raise the level of the vibration, no matter what. Like I had, you know, there may have been strategies here and there. Nothing ever threw me in that setting, you know. And weird 
people are people. I mean, they're, you know, you do silly things and this, that, I mean, even in the modern, modern age, <laughs> not the ancient history or iPhones filming you while you're doing what you feel is a very, you know, what <laughs> you're channeling something, you know, and there, it just feels very um, strange. And, but you cannot, this, this never, never affects me on stage. Okay, so we just have a little bit of a glitch, no problem. So, okay, so you were never really shaken by anyone who was in the audience. You were always able to maintain that level of presence and keeping the energy lifted for a majority. Yes, yes, yes. And um, absolutely, that was that's the role and the function and the power of the, the symbol of the performer you know, in any situation, really, that's what you got to go with. And having kind of improv improvisational skills, you know, even from just I've witnessed performing performers my whole life growing up from in the circus and, you know, in any situation, I could you can see that the that people who get freaked out and react against, you know, little people in the audience or who, who are being irritating or whatever that just throws everything off and it doesn't serve them ever in that context and 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 that the people who are able to be like i would say almost the the, the having the improvisational skills the clown skills of 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 taking that energy and going somewhere else with it uh and 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 acknowledging that that's happening but showing that that doesn't bother you at all like that's you know and maybe even a little sense of fun and you know poking back to them and in, in in their you know just but with humor 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 you have to have a sense of humor uh you have to maintain your um your full presence and you got to be able to let things go so that you can you know serve the the whole the entire audience <laughs> it's amazing no I'm, I'm just i'm uh just fascinated by so much of again what you're sharing the experience of a performer how it mirrors so much of the work that we do and this is why i really wanted to have these conversations so that people don't attach too much to limiting their practice to looking like just one particular thing but how it literally can express out in so many ways and even we can learn these beautiful practices through different life experiences so i have to ask you now i mean if we fast forward a little bit and we're going to go back at some point because i still have questions but if we fast forward a little bit so now you do i mean you are very um connected to Mm, your spiritual expression, your own expression through dance. And again, you facilitate, you know, teaching and performing. But now you also in your practice, I know that you meditate and do energy work and all of these things. So I wanted to ask what attracted you to what you have been practicing, I'll say more recently. Um, how did you come into energy work and meditation as um you know, the way that we identify them outside of how you've already been expressing them. Yeah. I think it, it I think, 
it's a it was a feeling it was a feeling um that led me down the down a path um to find out more so something i was meditating a, a long time before i kind of and then how i did it and sh shifted so i was kind of meditating like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna do this because i know it's good for me you know this was <laughs> and i and it was it was i i but i was like i it felt a little bit like i was clinging you know to this thing that i was like if i i gotta do this i gotta do this um I knew I had to do this and I don't know, I, I knew I was, I trusted that I had to do it, but I, anyway, it, how it felt shift has shifted um, a lot since working with you and the alchemy circle and, and shifting in different ways. But even before that, I always had this feeling of, I always knew I was a worrier as I've described before you know, I'd get to new, all of that changing schools and changing countries. I did it beautifully. I had lots of skills and to manage my energy and myself. And I always, you know, especially I had dance and humor and great parents and, and, um, but I had this feeling that there was worry etched in my bones. I always, I was just, I think part of part of the way that I coped was to strategize to forward plan constantly to think about what could go wrong, how could I fix it in advance, you know, everything, how was I going to take care of myself and how was I going to also take care of everybody else and make it smooth and you know so. So I think that was from childhood, I just was like managing so much and feeling like it was all on me to do that and feeling very. Um, like I could really find peace and I, I with here and there and I could I would I was dancing and that would definitely that's very transformative of energy that I was very aware of that and um but I still had this feeling like there's something in me that just feels etched in my bones worry and I just feel like maybe I was just asking the question, maybe is this just me or could something happen and transform this? Like, is this just part of who I am? And I kind of didn't think so, but I wasn't sure. And all I knew is that I needed to stay open to new ideas that were coming in about getting help actually from others getting help i even made a list a few years ago i'm like these are the ways that i'm gonna get ask for help <laughs> i don't have to do it all by myself what so, <laughs> so i have a, like i'm like oh this is the ways that i have helped myself because i think i did operate from um we always did as family we were doing a lot by ourselves and we were really scrambling and and trying to figure things out and didn't have resources to you know whatever whatever it might be but anyway all the ways i would just sort of start to look i think i need to get some 
think I'll, I would benefit from co-creating somewhere with somebody else. And so I, I remember, um, first I was getting body work because for me to remain <laughs> able to do everything that I do physically, teaching wise on aerial apparatus and dance, um, I really wanted to stay in my balanced body as much as I could. So, so I have a wonderful um, body worker who works on fascia and it's, it's not a feel good massage in the moment, but it's something that definitely has effects and, and has helped me a lot. And she actually recommended, uh, like she was having some, uh, a friend of hers, who's a psychic, um, come to do classes at her house and she was inviting some people to go just, you know, and I was like, Oh, that sounds like fun. You know, I'd like to see what that's about. I'd kind of been in resistance to, um, psychics before um and in terms of just like well i got i got my i got my stuff together i don't i don't need somebody mm -hmm. to tell me what to do you know i don't need to know the future i'm good i don't know and this is what I, my conception was at the time i was wrong very wrong but anyway um so i started to go to these classes on um with a small group and I really, I, it, it was starting to blow my mind. I would, she would do, take us on these short little journeys. And, and, and I remember, um, you know, then we'd recount some of the stuff that we, what came up for us. And I remember saying, well, I saw this and that, but, but it was, it's just me. I just made that up. I just made that up. I don't know. That wasn't real. I just made that. And she, and she would just get so mad at me because <laughs> I was like, I was exactly so, but I mean, that's what I, I, I just came, I starting to come into relationship with my own, um, intuition and, 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 and what really is imagination and the power of it and the energy of it and what it can teach us. And, but I I was just a newbie and I really was like, like, what? I just made, I just made that up that I was, you know, there was a bench across the ocean and I was looking, I, and I, but anyway, I, st I was just, that was my little first steps. And I, I had a session with her one-on-one. -on -one. I had the opportunity and, um, I, she said, you know, you need to drop into your heart you're 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 good from the neck down your body is very grounded and very knows it has great wisdom your head is not attached to your body you gotta and i was like what is she talking about but she i but i knew she was right but i'm like i don't okay what do i do what do i do and she's like have you ever had a uh inner child healing or so i, I think that's what she said and i was like no no i'll love and anyway, she she took me through a process. I was holding two crystals, one in each hand, and she wanted me. She's like, can you, this is you, this is your child self, this is you now. Can you bring them together and, you know, in loving, you know, and, and know that you'll be okay? And I, I don't remember if that's what she said exactly, but I was like, I, I literally couldn't bring my hands together. I could not bring my hands together. Whatever she was, she said, I did not feel it was possible to do. <laughs> And they were not, they just, and then she took me through visualizing myself as a child at different ages. 
and you know and was telling me about how sending love and and that 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 what was healed now in me would be healed through all time and and whatever i can't remember all that she said but i was whatever was happening was was profound and i was dissolved in beautiful tears but not like it was just i i just was open i was cracked open and at the end the end of our session i was able to bring my hands together and with this with these two crystals and this was before we were going to go and have a class with the rest of the group so i just i i just remember the feeling after this session and i literally felt like i was floating and i felt like my crown was 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 blossoming and there was an openness just there was just a all i know is i my everything there was no worry etched in me um i felt i felt cleansed i felt loved i felt i felt light i felt the burdens were lifted or you put them down i felt i'm even feeling it now and i was like i this shit is real i don't know i gotta get more of this how am i gonna do that i don't know and then at that point i just was like okay i trust i trust i trust i trust whatever whatever this is this is whatever this is i i i got nothing to say against this like what 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 and i went home i remember the next days i literally just what i like sort of watching myself what was i doing i just had this burst of energy i was cleaning closets i was i was getting rid of i which i now i understand is kind of a hallmark of like what happens after energy work sometimes but i didn't know that i was just like wow look at look at me go i have all this energy to do all this stuff i don't know anyway after that i was leaning in and curious about energy work in a whole new way that i've still been you know i just the 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 energy field of that experience and the shift that happened and how much it served me and my well-being and um and so after that i just sought out more and more tools i went to i was listening to reiki radio <laughs> um i was you know i i even i went to another uh, psychic reiki practitioner and had another you know and actually talked with her about the she was on your show that's how i found her lisa campion and and i went and i was talking to her about this worry etched on my bones feeling and stuff like that and you know just uh so i went from kind of hey i got i got this all i can do all this by myself i don't need any help i got i'm good i'm good i got i got it all i got, I got it all too like oh maybe maybe i'll try to get some help and see how that feels maybe i'll trust that it's gonna i maybe i'll put the resources into getting help for myself into getting into getting just I was good, but like, maybe I could be even better. Maybe I could feel amazing. Wouldn't that be cruel? You know, like, 
And let me invest in that. Let me invest in myself, not just everybody else. So I think that, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And it's funny for me to hear because I had no idea. I mean, you've been in the alchemy circle now for over a year. And I just it dawned on me like I had no idea how you even found me or what, what happened. But I have to ask you then too, like, because you have had all of these beautiful expressions and whether it was through what you learned in dance, what you learned as a child who traveled a lot, um, what you've learned through these experiences with the psychic, all of it. What has it been like, and I can say this because for people listening, I mean, I've, we've been working together for a while. So I see what Melinda does. Can you share with people listening who may go have these experiences, but don't know what to do after the fact? So once you were brought into this curiosity, you had this amazing experience, then how do you sustain your practice? What does that look like now? How do you practice your practice and what tools do you use or what have you learned that stands out and then how does that express in just everyday life yeah that's wonderful question how to sustain you first I did I did I just love it so I'm I am always kind of nourishing that practice by listening to podcasts like yours by um by having i had already kind of a dedicated practice but i was i did shift its focus i i i just decided to further my education and i signed up for your intuitive mastery class which i did online by myself um but that you know so a, a getting getting um either signing up for an online course or um, finding a community online to to bolster your practice, which is what the, the alchemy circle is all about. And, and actually um, meditating with people and having regular meetings set up definitely encourages your own self-practice on the off times and um for me it's it's about it's fun too i'm just always open now to like i'm like tarot class sure (laughs) that sounds great let me do that and then i love to journal and i i I love to i i brought these the what the fun tools into my dance teaching so you know i'll do all a class built around a tarot spread or or an i'll do you know one a a shimmy session around an oracle card or something that just it's just creative and fun um i i think that the more you find ways that feel good in your body and just try do them as just as we have to you know drink our water every day to sustain life that i really find now that doing doing sitting for meditation um is essential um to grounding and 
and tuning in to how, you know, to what's going on um, inside and how that, because I, I feel uh, I take big responsibility for my energy field. I come into contact with people and students and I don't want to ever bring my crap, you know, into the room. It's, is it's, it's, I've always taken big responsibility for, for that. And I, I, so for me, I just, I love that. This is a way to, that just feels perfect to do that. Um, I have, I'm always open to new ideas. I remember we were doing a astrology class at one point and I started to bring in, um, you know, I started to learn more about the signs, even, you know, go into more depth. And one, one actually was the beginning of this year, we were in Aquarius, which I know is your sign. <laughs> and, um, and I was like learning, I, w- I went look, learning about the water bearer and, and I was like, oh, let me, let me bring this feeling and see how I can bring it into my dance class too. And I read somewhere about this ritual that just really stuck with me and it's the water bowl ritual. So the Aquarius is the water bearer and um, there to serve all, you know, and pouring the water and, and then the, the, the container and the water bowl ritual is in the morning. There's a little bowl and I, I pour water into my bowl and, and that's kind of represents my life force energy. I'm going to be mindful for the day and like, I'll do whatever I'll swish my finger and I'll, every day is different. I'll paint some water on a rock. I'll put it on I, what, whatever weird thing I want to do. It's just, I'm, I'll go with the flow on it. So there it is. And then I'll sit. You know, so I, that's that brings me to my place where I will sit. So it's a it's a thing that I'm like, I got to feed my water bowl. It's a tiny little bowl. Got to feed my bowl. And then I sit. And then in the night. It's time to go empty the water bowl, which I've infused with as much presence as I can throughout the day. And I pour it into one of my plants. My plants are so happy in my life right now. So if I don't empty my bowl, my plants don't get that magical water. And, mm-hmm. and, and so th- that's just a little example of like something that, that, that I do to nourish my practice. And that it's just like a little, it's, it's like a little game, but it's not a game. It's like, I mean, there have been times, very few where I have forgotten to either fill or empty my bowl. And that usually shows me very clearly that something big happened that took me away from myself and my practice. And sometimes, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Cause um, it, you, you have to be flexible as you yeah. always say, firm and flexible. So sometimes it doesn't happen. So that, and like tons of, I have, I have so many tools now. Uh, I can't even, I don't, they're just, they're fantastic they just flow to me i'm like a new tool every day you know like i got them i got them going on um and but but yes having having community to practice with that's amazing i love the alchemy circle members and we have learned so much doing this work together um from each other we've been mirrors for each other we've been um 
I, at this point, it's just like very powerful um, to be part of a group that has done so much layered work together yeah. um, and to have witnessed each other, you know, really plumb the depths of shadow and, you know, and just continuously also being vulnerable, being honest um, with ourselves and sharing with the group. And, you know, at this point, everybody recognizes that, you know, we're all, um, we're all carrying this light and sharing this light, no matter if the crap's going on or not. And we have all, I think, learned how to um, come back into our peace with with a lot of clarity. And I think we we've all come along come come a long way. I'm not I want to speak for the group, but I think that's yeah, it's just yeah. great. You know. No, I and, agree. I mean, we all have come a long way. It's been amazing to watch. But I love and I, I have to say this about you, um, as someone who has been able to personally observe you. I mean, the beauty of you is that your practice, it really does express through everything. I mean, it expresses through your words, the way you communicate. Again, it's really cool to hear the stories of how you take elements of, you know, it could be meditation or tarot and you infuse these things into your dance. And so how your practice really has become so unique to you. And I think that's a beautiful, um, I don't want to say maybe teacher for some of the people listening is that your practice gets to be your own. And while we may come into our spaces of practice, whether to sit for meditation, to do Reiki, whatever it is that we're practicing very deliberately, but then how do you use all of that and let it infuse into the various areas of our lives? And you do that so beautifully. And that's part of the reason I was very excited to hear all of, not all of your story. I mean, we don't have five days, but to hear a lot of your background so that people again can really witness how their practice may have even been expressing through their life that they just hadn't considered. So I have to ask you this, Melinda, because I'm going to ask all of the alchemists this question, but I, I also wanted to ask you about your daughter. We're going a little over, is that okay? Yes. Okay, so yeah. I wanna ask you first, who is your practice for? That's a beautiful question. My practice <laughs> is for me, first and foremost, my practice is for me. My practice, yeah, is for me. And wherever I go, there's my practice spilling out and over and hopefully, you know, filling up the, you know, the spaces as, you know, but not, not in a, not in a way that feels leaky and out of my control mm -hmm. not that i'm over controlling either let's <laughs> but but i feel like um it's absolutely changed uh it's absolutely my priority to cultivate my life force energy and feel in my authority as much as possible all through the day and anywhere that i go and anything that i do and of course that's never perfect but you know it's pretty it's it's it gets easier to do and 
if I'm at peace, then this, all the situations are going to be at peace. Like what? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. my practice is for me, I see that it absolutely is only going to help um, everybody who is surrounds me and who I'm helping tap into whatever it is that, you know, the present moment of what they, they have to do. Um, so yeah, my practice is for me and by extension, everybody I come into contact with. Yeah. Beautiful. That is really beautiful. And, you know, I wanted to make sure to acknowledge this too, because that example that you gave of the water bowl was gorgeous, but it's interesting because it also mirrors that thing of filling up, being very intentional with our own energy and what we are full of or what we are directing our mind towards, but then also that beauty of emptying out, <laughs> whether being the empty vessel through our practice or just like allowing stuff to move and release and transform. So I love that um, water bowl practice that you shared, but I wanted to back up because you mentioned just a little blip on the screen about how your daughter and um, having her was life-changing. So <laughs> I wanted to back up to that because I think a lot of us have pivotal moments in our lives, right? I mean, we have several, in fact, but when you knew that you were going to become a mom, how did that impact who you are now becoming? When I found out that I was pregnant, which was unplanned, but also like, yes, I had, one. <laughs> I mean, I could, I knew when it happened. Let me just put it that way. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it was obviously meant to be, she was, she was obviously meant to be. And um, it was a big wake up call um, of like, all of a sudden I, I felt, and I could have been also her energy, knowing her now, <laughs> knowing her now, I think she already had an influence like pretty much right away of like, um, I had been, as I've shared my childhood, I had to go with the flow. I, I was able to go with the flow and do what everybody else wanted and needed and go back and forth between parents and blah, blah, blah. I did not have as much experience going, what do I want? What is it that I want? I could do what everybody else wanted and make a beautiful life from that with within that and be kind of passive a little bit and kind of, yes, I, I was good at school. So I went to graduate school because I was good at school. And then I did, you know, I like to read. And so I did literature and, you know, but what did I, what did I really want? I wasn't sure. I wasn't really sure there was like, what, what did that mean? And when I got pregnant, all of a sudden I had this feeling that where I was, was not where I was meant to be. Uh-oh. And that was a very strong feeling. And I felt this sense of somebody moving my furniture around was how it came to me when when Zoe was in there and I was like okay we there this this is like major change is needed I don't know why 
yet, but I need to go and see 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 why. I couldn't explain it exactly, except I was actually looking for peace and a place to be in peace with myself and for my daughter. I didn't know she would be a daughter or whatever, she, whatever this being was, yeah. whatever this being was, I wanted them to know me in peace, in my peace, and that I was not in my peace and that it wasn't, or that I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing or etc. And so I just, I trusted that. And at the same time as that was happening and life was growing inside me, I had a very dear, dear um, family member who was, um, had Lou Gehrig's disease and was, this was ex my issue. He was my age exactly. And he was deteriorating and with such humor and grace um and and uh and i remember even just talking to him about my feelings of what 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 was coming up for me and and he just was laughing and um you know he's just there an example saying you know you got to do what you you got to follow your curiosity if it's not really hurt you know you got to follow that you got to follow that that was we didn't talk specifically about that but he was there was these huge forces going on of life and death and i that's a, always a wake-up call right i mean it can be for people when that happens and i was like okay I, I need, I, 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 it is, I, I, a shift is needed and I'm going to go and see what that's, what that, what that's going to look like. So at the time I was married and I, to her father and I, as gracefully as I could, um, left the marriage to, get an apartment and see what this guidance that was coming to me was was what was supposed to be that I wanted to show my daughter exactly who I was in my full authority. And that I would still be friends and maintain somehow the bridge and and not make her repeat what I had had what I had undergone and make her, I was going to be her integrating guide and, and not change her life. Um, she was three at the time that I um, shifted. <laughs> and um, uh, so I was, you know, just dedicated to keeping her stability and keeping her in touch and in tune with all of her, with all the family on both sides. And taking her to the same schools. I mean, I relived, I, I got to live a real childhood experience of like people going to the same school. Like I was like, <laughs> I just made sure she stayed in the same school. And, <laughs> and of course, here's my daughter, her, her own self, her own being, not me. You know, she's like, but I want to be homeschooled. <laughs> Why do I have to go to school? Just homeschool me. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I am, you and I, we, you're too fire, you're too fire. She's like, she and my mom are fire signs. I'm earth and water and, oh, those, those ladies can 
run circles around me. So I was like, no, no, you go, you, we're going to do this thing, you know, but we're also, you get to be, you get to see also how this life is it more similar to how I grew up actually, in terms of just like, I dedicated myself to, to dance and performing and teaching and, and, and building my life around my peaceful practices for my well-being of for my energetic well-being and of course that served her um you know i think in hindsight of course is 2020 but um you know and i always had a sense even that she would be her own incredible force and energy and that i uh and that we are you know now now we work together and even though I all growing up, I was prepared. I was like, everybody is their own person and I must be prepared for, you know, she will go her own way. Well, I, <laughs> she hasn't, she has gone her own way. She's an incredible, incredible art, circus artist um, and a force of nature. She's pretty much running our studio, our family studio. Um, but we, we work together as, a mother and daughter team who are more like, you know, we're, it's a harmonious little partnership that we have. And, you know, with my, with my partner, um, Sasha, that we have this beautiful circus school that we created. And that is just sharing our, our family skills and, and safely and harmoniously with people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, my daughter is absolutely, um, I think she was a big wake up call. And I don't know if she hadn't come, whether I would have, because I could always just be happy in a little corner of somebody else's life. I was really good at that. But it's not so easy to take ownership of your own path and follow intuitions that you don't know how to explain to yourself or anybody else, but that somehow, you know, you have to do these things and that uh, you follow that curiosity and then it builds, it builds and you realize that suddenly you're in a beautiful life that you, you made. That you okay. Yeah. So there are two things that I have to ask you because of what you just shared so beautifully. And it's, well, we'll see. I, Think two more of Melinda. <laughs> Bear with me. But with your daughter, I'm very curious to know, like, if you, you know, just thinking about it now, how has just overall being a mother and still in that expression, how has that been a part of this spiritual practice for you? And what has that experience, this relationship with your daughter? even mirrored to you about relationship with self or again, what this work is about, so to speak. Uh, it's interesting. I'm having, I'm, I'm so, um, I just, I just love my daughter um, in her fierce and powerful being so much. Um, I, I think this work has just bolstered my understanding of of like allowing everybody to be a full expression of who they are 
in um and not to worry um about allowing them to be that like my daughter and i have very different energetic um i don't know i say energy a lot but she's 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 she is fiery she can she is um an aries in the sense of like she is she can instigate and create and and has boundless energy and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and can can manifest like just amazing amazing just like that just like she'll have an idea in the morning and she will have written a book with with hyperlinked videos at by the night that's her she is you know just that and i've always seen her and i named her zoe isadora this came i just i only had a girl's name picked out or what i uh i could and zoe means life in greek and um isadora is gift of isis and of light and i've always seen her as a guide and a gift to me always and never thought that i would know everything about what we should do but also was able i i understand how to be a parent and take you know be responsible and you know actually you know know better about some things but at this point you know my kid is now a woman she's 21 and i learned a long time ago to accept you know that actually there her way is really a fantastic way and i've learned a lot from watching her manifest right and left and make magic and have the that energy and drive um and so it makes for a beautiful partnership um in that sense uh, especially as it's something we both consciously choose and of course we talk about uh, we you know there's nothing that we can't talk about and or work through or there's you know as i one of my mantras is there is no there are no problems there is only love we can you know and when when tricky things come up like she can be she's the kind of she can be like ooh, like get really sort of like mad at her dad for example I'll just use an example there have been times in her teen years where there was like whoo she didn't talk she didn't want to talk to him for like months and months and she can just like and I would be like talking to them both being like it's gonna be okay this this will pass but you know the we will come, you know, you will come together again. Don't worry. Um, and I don't know why I'm bringing that example up, but just, it's just an example of like, there's the practice I would go. And, you know, in times that were troubling, um, I would say, you know, I would be like, okay, uh, I trust that the universe is going to help bring peaceful resolution to this uh energy here and that it is not worth when energy is like this between two people and you're in the middle you can't get in there and do this and have every and get all you know vibe crazy with with them like that's not gonna serve anything so you know and you, what can you control anyway and i've gotten a really good sense of 
what I can control, what I can't control, what should be controlled, what shouldn't be controlled. And that that's the work actually a lot of times is like, wait a minute, am I supposed to, what am I supposed to control here or not control? As a parent, you know, that's a huge, a huge piece is, and then just not, I'm just lucky because I don't have people breathing down my neck going, well, you're supposed to do this as a mother. You know, my mother is like, <laughs> she she raised me to do what I whatever I wanted in a way and just claim it, like claim it. We've talked about claiming your, you know, claim. People get to do what they want to do. If, you know, if you're not hurting people, other people, right. people get to do and try what they want to do. It's not about you. You can't take this stuff personally. It's 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 what they they got to try and you get to, you know, you get to do be in your peace and observe and and assist when it's necessary or you know, but like I yeah. My daughter is is like a he, I think my practice I like to think too that yet yeah, she she supports my practice. She's not she is not one to sit down. She's like every time when we teach, I'm like remind the student, remind them to breathe. She's like I'm not reminding them to breathe. That's your thing. You remind them to breathe. <laughs> so so she doesn't you know she doesn't necessarily she's not sitting up here on the mat with me you know breathing and <laughs> tuning in but she's definitely tuned in in her own way and yeah. uh, you know she doesn't have to do my way she's she's doing her thing but yeah i think just being able to coexist with anybody with a sense of uh humor and and love and letting them be letting things letting them be how they are um and as long you know is if you can stay in your peace that's what matters the most <laughs> I think that's a powerful lesson for all of us through any type of relationship, you know, romantic friendships, mother, daughter, all, all across the board, every kind of relationship that's really beautiful. And so I have to ask you one more thing, Melinda, before you go, and it'll be our wrap up since we've gone a little bit over. Um, I know that you have a Moody Street Circus, and I would love for you to share with everyone how they can work with you because you have your studio in person where people can come learn dance and also the aerial work that you do. Again, go in the show description, click on the links and see what she does. It's phenomenal. But you also offer some classes online. So even if people aren't local to you, they can still learn from you. But I know that through a lot of your work, even your study and getting your PhD in French literature, a lot of your work in your life, it sounds like has been very focused on women empowerment and um, people really just owning who they are. I mean, you've said that several times throughout this conversation. So I wanted to ask you about that, why that is so important to you in expression and then what it is that people will um, get access to in working with you. Yeah, well, I think it's important for everybody to have a space in which it's encouraged to whether it be dance or whatever or meditation or whatever it is that you're doing that you're you're claiming it and that you are um showing up in your full presence for it 
and when I'm teaching dance that I'm guiding people into um, kind of a reclaiming of their bodies in ways that perhaps they are not used to or you know haven't been able to express um and so very slowly i take people through you know really just calling themselves you know energetically into their body to feel what's going on feel their breath feel their connection to earth ground lengthen and lift you know and then sort of in terms of the belly dance movements are extremely um revealing about what you're holding in your body what you might you know want to what what it helps your i call them the the three bowls the three bowls flow you know your pelvic basin and belly dance is all about that undulating spiraling circling flow um and so yeah i guide people in to getting their bulls spiraling together and separately so that they have a sense of control even in a good the good way of control over their body they have authority over their body they can they can manage their 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 circles and spirals and you know wherever they might be it's a process like anything like learning a language like and learning anything it's a process and you have to be patient and um your muscles maybe have never done this or that you know and they have to learn new pathways and so i do a lot of you know like noticing noticing also how you interact with what's around you you know we're not just um i use a lot of imagery to help people express with their arms and hands, which maybe feels uncomfortable to some people, maybe they're not used to that. Um, and making beautiful, you know, belly dance um, movements and and shapes and and a lot of it is about also you do have to kind of leave a certain part of yourself, that part that is like embarrassed or ashamed of their body or you know you come as you are you move as a goddess uh you you know and that sounds trite when i but it, you want to feel that you want to try to tap into that feeling through dance and and just kind of start to consider uh what stories that you're telling through your movements in dance and in your life and maybe you can start to shift you know, and, and, and express some uh, in new ways. Um, so in terms of the dance online, I do guide my, my, um, it's very uh, amenable to like people who haven't even taken belly dance before. It's not, it's just, I take people very slowly through the, these aspects of the dance, and then there is always a part with you know when everybody's shimmying and you know and there's always um 
a feeling like people feel like they're hiccuping or they're something gets stuck and they can't move and you just have to relax and and flow through those times and you know and and so it's something that's it's a beautiful art form to feel empowered in in your own body and um and then of course on the circus art side that's another empowerment that literally is in order to safely do shapes in the air and make transitions beautiful and um, strong um, you do have to strengthen your body in safe ways so that's sort of another modality that we do in in our in-studio aerial training but again we do so with a sense of the whole not just uh, you know it's it's you know from how we get a approach and touch the silk or the whatever apparatus to you know how are we how are we how are we breathing in the shapes how are we holding them what are we doing at home to support our strength building <laughs> that's on the circus side um so you know no matter what the the teaching that we're doing it's 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 just you know helping people with what it is that they want to achieve and having fun along the way and doing the work along the way um, to support their their goal and sometimes people don't know when they come into belly dance what it is that they're looking for they have one idea and then they actually it shifts and changes and suddenly their life change it, in a way it's like energy work i see now i've had a lot of people who come and they're on the verge of change or they've just changed or they've just gone through a divorce or they're about to get married or all kinds of things and it's like it's a it's somehow it's a portal <laughs> to a shift in its own way so it's a beautiful thing to explore that is so beautiful melinda and i know again i really recommend everyone go on the show description, check out your work, but it's been just beautiful. And I have a thousand more questions for you. We just don't have the time, but I loved hearing so much about your story, learning a lot about you. But also, again, I hope that everyone listening um, does recognize the beauty woven throughout your story and the practice itself always being present. Because I think that's very true for a lot of us in our lives. We just kind of only identify our practice or our work, so to speak, with very specific things and under very specific titles and categories. But all of the work that we do, whether it's Reiki, meditation, yoga, breath work, whatever you're doing, it's all about this um, re-identification of self, relationship building with self, but how it all really does express through your life. And I love what you said about the stories that you tell through dance and through life like god that's so beautiful and just for anyone if you do um, reach out to melinda or have a chance to work with her you'll find that she's so just absolutely beautiful beautiful spirit so poetic and a lot of fun a lot of fun <laughs> so <laughs> i thank you my love for being a part of my journey genuinely i'm so thankful that you're in the alchemy circle that our paths have crossed you know, I absolutely adore you. And I thank you. Thank you with my entire heart for coming to share today. Yolanda, I love you so much. My heart is just beaming right now. And this has been a gift 
to be like in your field in all these different ways. I am so grateful to you for all the manifesting you're doing. I can't wait for your Oracle card deck to come out, your card deck. When I just, I'm dying to use that as my tool. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, but I just, I just, um, yeah, on behalf of, of, of all of us in the alchemy circle, I mean, we, we have just shifted and enormously we are we are so much more at peace so much more glorious feeling inside so much more um just stable in our in our in our beingness um i think all of us are and and so i'm just i'm just honored and thrilled to be here thank you so much for having me thank you my love thank you thank you thank you i love you to pieces and can you please even though i'll have it all down in the show description could you let us know what is the best website to check out your work to work with you and also social media where can we find you yes moodystreetcircus.com <laughs> There is a street called Moody Street. It's not about being moody. I know that's, I, I thought it was funny though, but I actually, it's on Moody Street. So M-O-O-D-Y street is spelled out. Moodystreetcircus.com is our studio website and all the email links there come into us, information about our classes and online and uh, and performances even for the times that we're able to do them in the future um we do circus shows and stuff like that um also on instagram same thing moody street circus and then my belly dance identity is under the name melina um and that's my greek name from childhood and so melina belly dancer is the instagram handle and i'm we're also on facebook and and the same names Moody Street Circus and Melina of Daughters of Rhea on Facebook. Beautiful. Daughters of Rhea. So I will make sure to put all of the links down in the show description. Everyone go ahead, go down, click on all the links, get more familiar with Melinda. And thank you, my love. I'll see you very soon. Thank you, Yolanda. <laughs> okay, beautiful alchemist. How did you enjoy that conversation? What did you learn through that conversation with Melinda? And that was fascinating to hear what it was like for her growing up in the 70s and having such creative, interesting parents. I mean, if you listen to the show, I'm sure you've gotten a feel for how much I love just hearing everyone's stories. I mean, we learn so much through um, each other's experiences. And I think it was beautiful the way that she um, was able to identify just so many powerful tools through the course of her life that are exact mirrors of different practices that we use um, within the system of Reiki and even meditation. So don't forget, if you wanna learn more about Melinda and her work, be sure to visit moodystreetcircus.com. You're gonna spell street out, Moody Street, S-T-R-E-E-T, circus.com. You can also find her on social media. Again, those links are down in the show description. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Melinda, for coming to share again today. I thank you with my whole heart for being a member of the Alchemy Circle and sharing your insights with us there and contributing to this collaborative space of healing for us all. 
and for everyone tuning in. I thank you for your presence. I hope that you enjoyed the first conversation of this series. And remember to always journey in love.